Welcome to the Gentlemen for Liberty podcast, a place for stimulating conversation on the philosophy of liberty and natural law. We aim to promote individualism and self-ownership through productive discourse. With restoring liberty as our ultimate goal, here are your hosts, Derek Wills and John Galt. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Gentlemen for Liberty podcast. I must apologize for the extended period uh, that we took a break. Uh, The holidays just kind of got in the middle of everything. Um, And so we ended up having to postpone everything until after the first of the year. And and we're not fully 100% back. Uh, John is off today. Uh, But... I do have my good friend Leilani stepping in for us to kind of guest co-host, and she's somebody that's awesome. I I met her several months back on the Twitterverse, and uh, she's just been fantastic. So Leilani, why don't you go ahead and hop on in here, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are. Hi, I am Leilani. I recently worked on the Arizona for Jorgensen campaign. And I was the social media manager, and after the campaign ended, I took some time for myself and reflected, and I am now working on the Liberty Movement. I would like to stress that. I'm working on the Liberty Movement. Um, I have kind of put a barrier between myself and libertarianism, and often those two things will overlap, Um, but most of the time I'm just here to spread the message of freedom and liberty to all. Yeah, and she has her own podcast called uh, Coffee Talks. Is that right? Yeah. And I dig the premise. Um, basically, it's uh, it's it's the middle of the day. Let's get some coffee and talk about things. Yeah, pretty right? much. I, I dig that. Um, I'm kind of a coffee aficionado myself. Um, and, I just uh, got my gooseneck kettle in for my pour over. I'm so I love coffee. <laughs> the only communists don't like coffee. Okay, so and that's just because they don't have it. So I would fully agree with that. Right. So today, I think I think we would be remiss if we just did not talk about the uh, whatever it was that happened at the Capitol this week. Um, it was interesting to say the least. Lilani, what what were your thoughts? Yeah, just what were your thoughts? My thoughts, well, when I first saw it, I was really scared. Um, Not for the senators, not for the protesters. I was really scared because I had a friend there. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, like, what's going to happen? And then I started, you know, he started sending out live videos and everything. And just seeing everything from a different point of view was quite interesting and I think it shows how the how, how far we've come as an, a nation in in a really bad direction. Um I just saw a meme two like 2 seconds before I hopped on here and it said if you said that the Senate was desecrated and is sacred um you might be in a cult. You might be in a cult. <laughs> and I've <laughs> I I sincerely believe that because a building is just a building. I don't know why everybody's freaking out about it. I get it that like they were in session and yada 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 yada, but at the same time, 
a building is just a building. At the end of the day, if anyone knows anything about history, the Capitol was originally supposed to be in New York. Building is just a building. But, I mean, it's the Capitol. Like, it's sacrosanct, Leilani. It's... It is the tangible church of statism. You yeah, can't desecrate bur- that. It's been burned down before. Well, that, that, was, that was done by those stupid redcoats, right? Back yeah. in 1812. And yeah. you know what? Um, how dare they? How dare they? So, I mean, history repeats itself. And again, a building is just a building and statism, you know, obviously makes you worship buildings and people and statues. But at the end of the day, they're objects and they're not ideas. So, all right. So, so you used to work uh, for Libertarian Party and during all of this, there was something that just really struck a nerve with me from uh lp national okay uh they tweeted out this is not patriotism this is not protesting this is reprehensible violence and aggression and needs to stop now we hope safety for all those who work in the capital now i have to say from my perspective i rather enjoyed watching the elite statists cower in fear from all of the people that were upset. I also happen to detest the fact that this was a large-scale temper tantrum by a bunch of statist worshippers who were upset that their slave master lost an election. And in all of this, you ended up having an agent of the state murdering an unarmed woman and in the Capitol building. Uh, so there's a lot here, some that I like, some that I didn't like, but even still, for the Libertarian Party to come out and and condemn the protests generally, I thought was a poor move. What did you think? First of all, LP National, especially their Twitter, I stopped following them a long time ago because they are uh, idiotic. Um. They have made other comments, not just about this, where I have gone and scratched my head and just thought, what are you doing? Um, When it comes to this, I have to, like, there was this one guy and he was attempting to run from the Libertarian Party. And I had to explain to him, I was like, at the end of the day, we have the NAP, the non-aggression principle, right? So did the state aggress against us? Well, many will see that the riot gear that the police were wearing and the just overwhelmingly amount of, like, protection, quote-unquote, that the state had is an aggression towards the people, and therefore the people then have a right to aggress towards them, but not until, like, there is... Somebody makes the first move, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, libertarians are not supposed to be the first to aggress towards anybody else because of the NAP. And do I necessarily agree with LP National's statement? There are parts of it that I agree with, but at the same time, the state did kind of aggress towards the people, and they have every right to fight back. Yeah, and to be completely honest... um. 
And here's what I think, why I think they got such flack for it. Um, during the BLM protests, which I fully supported, uh, they came out in support of all of the all of that was going on, uh, and they didn't really do much condemnation of any time protesters uh, destroyed private businesses that didn't have anything to do with the protests, you know. Um, but on the flip side, it's like this is a government building. This building was bought and paid for by stealing money from all of us. Yeah. And so you can't really trespass on it. It's ours, so to speak, even though it was paid for against our will. Uh, so there is no aggression to be had by even breaking past a security checkpoint or anything like that. It's ours. You you can't trespass on your own property. Mm-hmm. Um, but this all happened before there was any real violence. They were just storming the building. And it's like, if there is a piece of property that should be stormed and burned to the ground, it would be a government building, right? Yeah. And the the fact that they weren't, that they were kind of condemning the whole storming of the Capitol, again, as if it was sacrosanct in some way, uh, just kind of, just kind of made me cringe. And, and I know it made a lot of other people cringe as well. And yeah. so that's kind of my take on it. It's, hard because a lot of people don't understand the property rights aspect of everything and I think the government misses that as well because one of the videos that Will posted on here in their media it he's walking through and they had this area closed barrier that they had torn down right and I was just thinking to myself like but we own that property, technically. Didn't we buy that? How can you close us off from an area that we own? And somebody who is very close to me in the Libertarian Party of Arizona, uh, she posted, she was like, well, nobody's going to give out permits anymore for protests. And I was like, who applies for a permit to protest? (laughs) It is our property. Again, like... Yeah, no, it's... One thing that I took real issue with, and this was within 10 seconds of me turning on the news, and I turned on CNN, don't ask me why. Um, It doesn't matter which channel, which propaganda news outlet I would have turned on, but I turned on CNN. And one of the commentators, I think it was on Jake Tapper's show, somebody that was uh, commenting, it was a woman's voice, I don't even know who it was, but she said, this is anarchy. And I was like, no, actually, this isn't anarchy. This is statism. Yeah. Everything that you are witnessing is state worship. This is anarchists would never do this. I know I am one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's it like, and a lot of people I saw on Twitter calling it anarchy, and it's like you don't understand what anarchy is. Anarchy is about empowering the individual. These people are trying to empower the state even more so than it already is. And so their motivations is why I can't like fully back them. I I I enjoyed watching the display, but 
you know, somebody uh, somebody had told me, well, you know, we should give them credit where it's due because they actually took action. I was like, well, you know, so, so did the Bolsheviks. Should we get behind them as well? I mean, they took action, yeah. right? So, but. like I said, I completely agree with you. Um, the de- The definition of anarchy is the absence of the state and... There, depending on which dictionary you read, depends on whether or not you re- you add lawlessness into that, whether you add chaos and disorder into that, or if you add a utopian society that works together for the common good, which um, the Merriam-Webster dictionary I was surprised to, found, to find out actually had all three. Interesting. I know, right? Uh, as a but. When I see people calling it anarchy and some people close to me were calling it anarchy to my face and I was like, no, it's legitimately like the definition of anarchy is the absence of the state. What they're doing is trying to reinstate a person who has lost an election. And um, I think that they call that a coup. Uh, I I might be wrong there, but. (laughs) um, Well, it couldn't be it couldn't be a coup because the U.S. government didn't orchestrate it. Right. Oh wait, but the no, president. Sorry, did. that's that's something something completely different. Um, yeah, you're, um, and uh, my favorite comment about that was that Trump didn't incite this. Trump and oh yeah, no, not at all. I mean, he didn't tweet about this happening at all. He didn't encourage this at all, and definitely not at his speech that he gave yesterday. He um, will sent me his exact quote because again, I had somebody on the ground there for me. Um, he said, I have like pages of notes from him. <laughs> uh, I, uh, oh, Trump encouraged his supporters to approach the Capitol building. I forget the exact words they did so. And then he was talking to me about it last night of like, it was just, you know, he got up on stage and he was just like, I like that you're here or something like that. I don't know. It was midnight. Yeah. I... <laughs> you know, what's what's really crazy is that you have all of the Trump supporters out there today saying that, oh, this wasn't really us. This was a bunch of Antifa people that were infiltrating the protests and making us look bad. Yes. Um, so this is where I want to talk about the guy with the fur hat. Yeah, right? <laughs> so um, I, I follow a lot of like Native American pages that talk about Native American issues and everything. And one of them posted a meme of him and they said, sorry, this one's not ours. Next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I I was like, yeah, you're right. He's not ours. He's He's Norse pagan. And I know this because Will went up and talked to the guy because he saw he had the big Thor hammer on his stomach. And uh, he was, or sorry, Odin's hammer, I think it is. And he went up to him and he talked to him about it before this whole thing went down. Oh, wow. He's he's Norse pagan. He's not. Yeah. Anything like. Yeah. So what's, what's interesting is I... Um... I saw on Twitter before we started, shortly before we started here, somebody had posted uh, screenshots of um, of this individual, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, "Pay attention to this carefully." 
and it's a picture of the of the guy at the Capitol, and then it has this person's profile from some website. I'm not sure what it is, but he says that he's an actor, a voiceover artist, and a singer from Phoenix, Arizona, back in your neck of the woods. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is uh, backstage.com or something. And basically, it's a, it lists him. You know, he's done theater camp and he, free arts of Arizona, um, things like that. And they're like, "See, he's an actor. I'm like, that's what he does for a living." I was actually talking about this with my father shortly before I came onto the podcast, and we were discussing this. And I said, "Just because he's an actor does not mean he has a life and a political view." So, he could be an actor. He could have been paid to be there. But you have no proof. Just because you have a profile does not mean you have any proof. Yeah, I mean, he could also just be a hardcore Trump supporter who's an actor and wanted to show up and put on huge theatrics because he's an actor. And that's what he lives for, which is why he would have whatever the fur hat is. Yeah. You know? I mean... (laughs) I sincerely think that's very interesting. And... One of the other protesters, he stole a lectern, right? Yeah. And um, there, it's been all over Twitter that people think that his name is Via Getty because in the original tagged photos, they tagged Via Getty because of Getty images. Uh-huh. And a lot of people did not realize that that was not his name. Oh. <laughs> And so somebody created a spoof account um, for Via Getty. And it oh, is very nice. just, anybody wants to see anything hilarious about just a guy talking about how his love for podiums and lecterns. That is <laughs> you know, page. I saw that he that this guy had posted it on eBay numerous times. Uh, I even found it on eBay myself and then it was shortly, it was deleted shortly after that. And it's like, come on, man. Like, what do you honestly think that you're going to be able to get away with that? I mean, you you took the speaker of the house's podium. You, I mean, he's obviously people gonna are going to be looking for it. Yeah. Um. But so anyway, I, we're kind of getting into the weeds a, a little bit. I think that the while there's a lot of entertainment value that came from all of this. Um, <laughs> yes. One thing that I did find that it really proved, it was like a blatant display of hypocrisy from both the left and the right. You know, you had AOC who was uh, championing the BLM protests, saying that protests are meant to make people uncomfortable, blah, 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 and then chastising this. It's like, okay, pick your poison. You can't have both. And then you had people, you know, you have all the Trump supporters who are like, ah, why can't they be civil and and just act peaceful? Well, and then you go and you storm the the Capitol and climb over walls to prove that they don't work. Um, and oh, it, there was something else that I saw that was... Um... My favorite tweet from yesterday was AOC, actually. She said, I'm okay, as oh, if good. anybody cared. <laughs> well, you know, I care. Yes, she's a huge statist. Yes, she's a communist. But I still care. She's a human being. Well, but the... I mean, it's not like they would have let anything happen to them. They had no, you're how right. many police officers in that building? I really do hope that 
WikiLeaks gets a massive data dump, though, because yeah. Pelosi did leave her computer unlocked, or her aide left her computer unlocked. Oh, no. Oh, you didn't see that? Yeah, somebody not. had walked into Pelosi's office and took a picture of the desktop that was still open with the email open. And I was like, mm. I mean, we'll see. I, I I don't know, but either way. I don't think that they would do anything on official channels anyway. But, uh, I mean, they're smarter than that, right? Um, you never know. <laughs> but, but one of my favorite tweets was somebody brought back the Charlie Kirk tweet from... November 7th, 2018, where he said, Hey, liberals, do you notice that when conservatives lose races, we don't riot, scream, smash windows, burn cars, assault people, or need days off work? It's amazing how mature and civil conservatives are. Please remember this and take notes when we get Trump reelected in 2020. Oh, that's nice. I saw one from uh, Tommy Lauren. I think I always screw up her name, whatever it is, yeah. uh, that, that was on election night, and it said... If Trump loses, he won't. Um, conservatives will just go about their day tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. And, and if if he loses, there will be rioting. Or, or if he wins, there will be. Yeah, it, it's like, dude, that was three months ago. Um, e- either way, uh, to me, I'm not somebody. I, I, don't, I don't care about who my slave master is because I, I'd rather just not be a slave. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're you're you said you're more of a of a minarchist, right? Yeah, I do believe that there is a point to the state, but it's very minimal. Very minimal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and John are pretty much right on. Uh, um, I'm I'm the token anarchist of the group, so you know, I'm 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 the one that has the the extreme rhetoric. But the reason that I ask is because it's like. I had a thought. We've been trying to have some form of a state since since ancient Mesopotamia, since ancient civilizations 6,500 years ago. Um, and we have tried tens of thousands of states that have all failed. Uh, yeah. The young, they're the oldest state still in existence right now is barely 400 years old. And in the grand scheme of things, that's insignificant. Yeah. Um, oh, in the definition of insanity, trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, can we just try anarchy just once? I, I mean, think it would be great. I, I, I'm totally willing and open to do that. Um, the thing is that, like, the argument I have with that is like these states have all changed over time right so it all it was like you have one ruler and like feudalism right and then feudalism turned into a house of commons and now we're at a republic democracy it's like the human mind is so vast you could come up with literally anything to Mm -hmm. create your own Slavery to the state. Right. Yeah. And, Put it in your words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are, you could have infinite different forms of statism and only really one form of anarchy. Um, 
I guess I guess the reason is that I ask is because it's it's really never been tried. Um, yeah. Anybody that uh, has read Murray Rothbard uh, is probably familiar with uh, his toutings of um, ancient Ireland from I think six hundred B six hundred AD to sixteen hundred AD. It survived for a thousand years. Um, and it was pretty close to what we would consider an ANCAP society, um, but it still had these govern, governing entities called Tuatha. And, but it, so it wasn't purely a, an anarchy. Um, as long as the state exists, you don't have it anymore. And it, 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 ex- it existed for a thousand years before, um, I guess the King of England decided to invade it and take over, uh, which is a uh, concern that a lot of people have whenever it comes to to anarchy. But I would still say, and I, I know that many will, will ask, and if anybody who knows Libertarian Mama on Twitter, she asked the same thing. Is this your, it's not real socialism, hasn't been tried yet argument? And I'm like, <laughs> no, because it really wasn't anarchy. Just leave me alone. It wasn't nice. Um, but I, I guess why couldn't it be tried? You know, with the understanding of, granted, I, I agree, it's going to take a massive cultural shift in order to institute. Yeah. But in a society where the individual is truly sovereign, the individual is truly powerful to himself. It seems like that's far less of a utopian idea than putting faith in an individual or individuals whom you have never met in order to have more of a say over your life and property than you do because they swear a pledge to a piece of paper that you've likely never read. Yeah. You know, what do you think? I agree with the whole cultural shift thing. Like, it's going to take... It would take a really long time to get there. I think, again, that anarchy, true anarchy hasn't really been tried yet. Um, but some some people I know, like, they make the argument that, you know, anarchy can't work because the state isn't there to protect you and your rights. Right? And I think that's a pretty good argument for against that because while the government this and I want to make this very clear while the government and the state do not give you your rights the intention is to protect them right and then they never do right <laughs> um i just think that like there are moments in some types of things where like there should be a state right but then you know, you could protect your own property mm. and your own rights. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this the point where I tell you that you're not a real libertarian? I forget. That's What's the criteria for calling, that? That's why I stopped <laughs> calling myself a libertarian. Because I'm not a real libertarian. I don't necess- like, I try and, you know, follow the NAP as much as humanly possible, but at the end of the day, I believe that we should not adhere ourselves to political parties, but I believe that we should have free thought 
and free yeah. ideas. And political parties only stifle that. Yeah, because, I mean, here's the thing. Political parties have their planks, right? And if you deviate from one of those planks, you are no longer a real party member, so to speak. Yeah. Like, I was at, uh, I was at the Tarrant County Convention earlier last year, um, and one of the people running for one of the offices was making his speech at the convention and um, one of the delegates asked, do you believe in the plank in the platform a hundred percent? And he, he was asking that like from a very stern position. Like if you say no, I'm not going to endorse you or something like that. And it's like, so you have faith in this platform that you didn't come up with. That means somebody else did your thinking for you. And that's not, that's not productive. Like, why do you believe in the plank and in, in the platform as a whole? Why do you believe in each individual plank? And and that's where we as human beings have kind of, I guess, devolved, where we don't put thought into anything anymore, not beyond the surface. And I find that to be very, very concerning. And that's probably um, one of my biggest problems with people. <laughs> So I was actually at the Maricopa County meeting last month and I was with another anarchist and we were texting under the table about just the bureaucracy of the situation because here we are, we cannot vote because neither of us were PCMs or precinct committee members. Mm. And so we were not allowed to vote in the system and, you know, they were all just talking about like bylaw passing and all of this stuff and it's just like we were talking about the like minute little words and the bylaws and somebody had to correct a bylaw because there was a comma in the wrong place and I was just sitting there thinking I was like do I really want to be a part of this do I really want to be party to hours and hours of this like I understand that having Free thought is an important thing. I ha I fully understand that freedom and liberty is extremely important, but we that's what we should be talking about. We should be discussing important issues, not whether a comma is in the correct place. True. So, um, what would you prefer to to see happen then? I'm gonna put you on the spot here. <laughs> I would prefer that the Libertarian Party does not lick the boots of the state if it were to survive in a way. Um, I think that they so much, like they follow every rule, they follow every little T and they dot their I's and they do everything correctly, right? And at the same time, I feel like just... At that point, why don't you just join the Republican Party or the Democrat Party and try and infiltrate from there because you are just becoming them. And so I would like to see them like kind of strip that away. And yeah, you might have to call yourself an independent. You're going to have to do just as much work as you do now. And you can freely think for yourself instead of being told what to think, what to say, and... I personally think that we should 
be more bare bones. What do you mean? Why are we passing bylaws at all? If it, if it is not stated in the Constitution, why it it's up to the people, right? Why do we need to make our own rules? Why do we need to make our own laws? Um, an, an example of this is again that county meeting. They they had to pass a bylaw so that people could electronically vote if they were afraid of COVID. And I'm just sitting here like, but there's nothing against that. Right. right. So you would you would assume that because there's no prohibition on it, yeah, there's nothing that would prevent you from doing it. Yeah. And things have been so conflated that unless it unless it explicitly says you can, you can't. Yeah, and the Libertarian Party follows that to a T, and it's like, strip all of that away. You are just becoming the quote-unquote enemy. Be yourself and have free thought. You know, if that means becoming an anarchist, that means becoming an anarchist. If that means, you know, speaking out against the Federal Reserve, do it. Do what you so please. For, so so from a from a nonpartisan standpoint, from purely a liberty movement standpoint, what would you think that I guess the liberty movement needs to do in order to reach more people to get them to think for themselves? Education. Education is number one. Um, I think instead of attacking people on Twitter and saying, like, oh, you came from the GOP, you're not a real libertarian or you're not a real anarchist like how about just hey that wasn't you know correct educate them i think education is a big thing and education creates a space where people can empathize and sympathize with each other and if people don't know about the liberty movement and if people don't know about anarchism then it they won't obviously aware of their other options i mean there will be those few people who come to it on an aha moment right but they might not it's easier to have somebody guide you along and collectively freely think than yeah otherwise Hmm. very interesting do you have anything else that you want to hit on for the for the show or Um, one of the big things that I have been seeing on social media is the constant idea that the protesters yesterday were not, you know, attacked in any way or aggressed upon, I think is a great word, um, and... My friend Will has a lovely photo on his page of him after getting tear gassed with goggles on because I think that people want to put a racial element on especially this situation and say, well, if they were this color, this color, or this color, this would have happened. And it's like, first of all, why are we bringing up hypotheticals? Second of all, it did happen. Like, you might not have seen it the five minutes you watched CNN, but it did happen. Like people, people died. People were tear gassed. And 
at this point, we're coming to a moment where the state is not just aggressing on people of color. They're aggressing towards everyone. And I think that shows that the state is not the answer. I, you know, I, I agree with, with you to an extent. Because uh, my wife had brought this up uh, while we were watching everything happen yesterday. And it was it it was very tame by comparison you know yeah. if you look back to the to the protests that happened last year um it was very tame yeah and i think that what people are trying to say is that there is a noticeable night and day difference between what happened during the blm protests and what happened at the Capitol yesterday. And that's not to take away from what people went through yesterday. I mean, I did. I watched a video. There were police wa- walking down a sidewalk, and this dude was just hanging out there, and then a cop in riot gear came and pushed him on the ground. Yeah. Completely unantagonized. But if, I mean, I, I, hate to, I hate to put it in these terms, but... If you're comparing that and tragically one person being killed and maybe some people being exposed to some some tear gas, it's not anywhere near the same thing as the countless videos that I saw of protesters getting shot in the face with tear gas canisters and rubber bullets. It's not the same as, you know, um, protesters being shot by many cops you know well there were four protesters are dead now four oh really yeah um one died on the scene and then four died later in the hospital or three died later in the hospital okay yeah i mean and, and again it's not to take away from from those incidences being tragic it is though to say that i think had this been a blm protest it would have been much more bloody. Uh, It's speculative, sure. And I I will absolutely concede that point that is purely speculative. Um, But I I think that's the point that people are trying to make whenever they say uh, things like, had it been a BLM protest, this wouldn't have, it would have have been a massacre. Because I think that that it's true. Now, at the same time, though, we shouldn't we shouldn't just write off the incidents that did happen. Yeah, they were they were they were awful. I I watched the video of the woman getting shot by Capitol Police, um, and I didn't see anything that warranted deadly force at all. Um, and chances are there won't be an investigation more than what has already taken place and he'll be reinstated and not so much as a post-it note in his record for it. I just think that uh, because my wife is a, is a person of color and she has dealt with this a lot more than me as a white guy has, um, it's she, she needs that sort of no, that's not the right way to say that. Uh, she, she She's right in, in bringing up that there is a contrast to be drawn. Um, 
but how do you do that? And and that's really the that's really the the fundamental question is how do you draw that contrast between two tragic events without sounding completely heartless? And unfortunately, there's no way to do it. I don't. Yeah, think. yeah, and growing up on a Native American reservation, I cops were not necessarily the yeah heroes that we all want them to be correct and i think it's i think it, the way that you put it where you were like there there is a contrast to be drawn here but it, i just i think that some comments that i've seen and obvious i didn't take any screenshots and i wish i did um i think some comments are more drastic than others and mm-hmm. I think that there is a huge night and day difference here. Did some things commonly occur? But yes, um, one of the big differences here is this was one protest and the BLM protests were very extremely widespread. They happened most of the summer and you know they had a lot more time for things to go wrong, right? And they went wrong oftentimes very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live right down the street from the mall where shit went down in Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that while these two, like like you said, it's hard not to sound completely heartless. Because I'm not heartless, right? I I do sympathize with the idea that the police are not the heroes that we want them to be. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they are the enforcers of the state. Um, sometimes to egregious faults that we don't like to witness. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And I think that at the same time, while these are two very contrasting ideas it also is an opportunity to show that neither is really right and the state is aggressing towards everyone at different rates yes in different forces yes but they are still aggressing towards everyone and it's the state that needs to be removed I think what you just I think what you just said hit it right on the head. Um, that is something that I've been trying to articulate for a while, and I I haven't been able to find the right words. I think you did it perfectly. They're, the state is aggressing against all of us at different rates, but they are aggressing against all of us. Yeah. And that is something that we all need to realize. Yeah, it is absolutely egregious that people of color in this country face issues with police exponentially more than somebody like me, a straight white dude, does. But police still aggress against all of us, and we need to realize that we are all the state's enemy. Granted, if you're a person of color, you will have a a bigger target on you than a white guy like me. But we all have targets, and we all need to realize that the state is always going to be all of our enemies. I think that is exactly what needs to be said, and I appreciate that. 
yeah um that's that's kind of the issue that i have um towards participating in native american rights um there's like a little distinction in my heart where i go but there are so many of us us being native americans who want the state to be our master and there are times where i feel so defeated in trying to bring freedom and liberty to that community that it's just so hard to talk to that wall because they don't see that the state is aggressing towards and is the cause of so many of the issues that we face right and the same with hawaiians and it's like they're like we have a prison problem where people are going to prison and getting you know multiple offenses because and returning to prison over and over again and it's like why is that happening it's happening because people are being taken from hawaii and moved to the continental united states where they don't have family where they don't have support and the state is doing all of these things to people of color and again at different rates and why should we worship this idea that is just so horrible towards all kinds of people. When you boil it down, it's just it's horrible to the individual. Yeah. Um, and the individual is the single biggest minority. Yeah. Um, whenever it comes to everyone, because the individual is is one. And you know that's what ultimately what the liberty movement is all about is empowering the individual right and yeah you know that's I, I i know you're not i know you're not fully an anarchist or anything but that's what that's what anarchy is all about is about empowering the individual to being their own um being their own sovereign and i i know that the whole sovereign citizen thing it's a bad rap because quite frankly they're not really wrong they just don't know have any idea how to articulate their their philosophies but that's ultimately what it's about if if the individual is truly sovereign to himself then nobody can have power over him and he can't have power over anybody else that is the the solution to all of our problems if nobody can have power over anybody else including a state then we won't have these sorts of issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that uh I think that's a good place to to close up. What do you think? Yeah. I think we had a really great conversation today. Some good political discourse. Yeah, I agree. Uh I appreciate you coming on and uh filling in for John while he he took some extra time off. Um for having me. Of course. How can uh, how can people find you? Um, I can be found on all social media channels, including Float at Leilani for Freedom TV, except for Twitter, where I am Barbie for Freedom, uh, because Twitter is Twitter. And if you don't have a stupid handle, like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's where you can find me. You can find my podcast, Coffee Talks, uh, everywhere podcasts are found. Uh, but I would just search Leilani for Freedom TV, and then that'll pop up. All right. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Leilani, for coming on. 
Um, and uh, I'm going to make you do this because this is what we do here at uh, Gentlemen for Liberty. We take whatever it is that we're drinking, and if you're not drinking anything, you pantomime it. And we raise our glasses, and we toast. Oh, you got you got a baby Yoda. You can't toast with a baby Yoda. Why can't I toast with a baby Yoda? Because you can't drink baby Yoda. I have nothing to drink around me. Okay, that's I fine. Just a... pretend that you have a glass. Just do it. Okay, just make, give me this. We raise our glasses, and we toast for liberty. For liberty. You've been listening to the Gentleman for Liberty podcast. Join us at patreon.com slash gentleman for liberty to show your support. Patrons get access to bonus content, can suggest show topics, and more. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at gentlemen for liberty and on Twitter at gents, the number four, liberty. Be sure to check out our blog, gentlemenforliberty.com, and sign up with your email address for updates. Please rate our podcast in your app, and until next time, We raise our glasses to you for liberty. This has been a Gentleman for Liberty production, hosted by Derek Wills and John Galt. Copyright Gentleman for Liberty 2021.